What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I know I am. When you're listening to this, I will be on my honeymoon. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for this podcast. This is the only one you're going to get this week from me. And all the football stuff is really reactionary right now. You know, who won, who lost, who got hurt, how does that change, who's going to win the Super Bowl, all those types of things. So, no football this week. It's all basketball. I'm giving you my 2023-2024 NBA preseason preview. I've got all my tiers set up. It's probably going to be a longer podcast. I hope you enjoy it, though. Here we go. Okay, so I'm recording this podcast on Friday, October 6th. Now that the Damian Lillard trade has happened and the Drew Holiday trade has happened, I don't expect anything over-the-top crazy to happen. Hopefully nothing over-the-top crazy happens before you hear this. But it's the NBA, right? Joel Embiid could request a trade tomorrow. James Harden could get dealt by the time you hear this. Hopefully not. I doubt it will. We'll see what happens. I think that looking at both conferences, we're going to break down each one. The Eastern Conference, I think, is pretty clear-cut this year, whereas the Western Conference is just absolutely loaded with really good basketball teams. So we're going to start in the Eastern Conference. We'll lay that out. I think it's pretty straightforward. And then we will move into the Western Conference. Eastern Conference, not hard to figure out this year. Okay, There's really only two finals contenders in the Eastern Conference, and that is obviously the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. I did a big thing on this the other day. Feel free to go back and listen to it. Um, I So I'm not going to try and spend too much time on this. But in case you've been living under a rock, the Bucks traded away Drew Holiday. He ended up on the Celtics. But the Bucks got Damian Lillard. The Bucks now have the best duo in the Eastern Conference, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Celtics right behind him with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. The interesting piece of this, obviously, is what is Holiday going to do as a Celtic? He's an upgrade over both Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart, right? They bring in Kristaps Porzingis as well. Um, they don't have Robert Williams the third anymore, so there's a lack of depth in the front court. So all of the front court pressure falls on Porzingis, 37-year-old Hal Horford, and Luke Cornett. There's just not a lot of depth there in an Eastern Conference that you need front court depth because you're going to see Joel Embiid and you're going to see Giannis. And they don't have like any depth there, which is why I personally favor the Bucks, as I said. You can go back. You can hear me really dive deep into this on an older podcast. Just read the titles. It'll be in there. So let's move on. Let's focus on the teams that I haven't talked about nearly as much this season. Okay? This is my next tier. The three through through six seeds. These are teams that, you know, they're better than a playing team, but they're also not really a title contender. They're not going to grab one of those top two seats. That, for me, in the Eastern Conference is the Miami Heat. The Philadelphia 76ers, the New York Knicks, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, They're all better than the teams I have as playing teams, but look, they're just not as good as the Bucs and the Celtics. In fact, I think there's a pretty sizable gap between the Bucs and the Celtics and then these four teams. Now let's start with the Miami Heat here. They are here strictly out of respect. I don't like their roster as much as I do the other teams in this tier. But they have Eric Spolster and Heat Culture. And when you mix those two things together, they win a lot of basketball games. And they beat teams that they shouldn't beat. And Jimmy Butler finds a way to win games, even though he's like a level below all the superstars of the NBA. Uh, Bam Adebayo continues to be one of the best defenders in the league. And here's the what if for Miami that could 
make them at least a threat to Boston and Milwaukee. What if Tyler Hero makes a leap and he becomes a really reliant offensive force? Like, not just a good offensive player, but like a force that they can go to when Jimmy Butler isn't going very well. If that happens, they could be really dangerous. But even if he doesn't, they're still going to be competitive because they're the Miami Heat, and they're always competitive. And Pat Riley just has a way of putting together really good basketball teams, and Eric Spolstra has a way of pulling the best out of all the players that play for him. He said it the other day, Eric Spolstra. He thinks they're deeper this year than they were last year. I don't know if I buy it, you know, with Gabe, Vincent, and Max Struess both leaving. Don't know if I buy it. Don't know if I buy it. But we'll see. Who am I to doubt the Miami Heat based off of everything they've done these past couple years? Moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, who are currently a good basketball team, but there's still all of these questions in the air. Will James Harden be traded? If he is not traded, is he going to play? If he is traded, will the 76ers get enough back to be competitive? Is Joel Embiid going to ask for a trade? There are just so many questions that could potentially derail their season. Okay, when Harden and Embiid are both positively engaged, then this is a good basketball team. They were a good basketball team last year, right? And as as Tyrese Maxey gets better and slowly comes on and becomes the third scorer on this team, then they could be really good. But the question is, is Harden going to be positively engaged? Is Embiid going to be positively engaged? I've had to put my money on it. I would say no. There is just so much drama on this team that part of me wouldn't be surprised if the 76ers finished as the third seed in the East. I also wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs entirely. They also bring in Nick Nurse, one of the better coaches in the NBA, to replace Doc Rivers. That also gives me some hope that they're going to be able to kind of figure it out on the offensive side of the ball. And speaking of not being surprised, there's Clippers rumors now for James Harden, so I wouldn't be surprised if he finished the year in a Clippers jersey. Also wouldn't be surprised if Joel Embiid finished the year In a Knicks jersey, these Philadelphia 76ers are currently the best drama in sports. Speaking of Joel Embiid to the Knicks, unless the Knicks capitalize on a disgruntled superstar, they are bound to be a 4 or 5 seed. That's who they are. That's what this roster is. They are the definition of one superstar away. Jalen Brunson was good last year, whether you like the foul baiting or not and all the free throws that he shot. He played really well. Probably could have been an all-star, but there's a lot of good guards in the NBA. R.J. Barrett, solid as a third option. Julius Randle, not as good as he was two years ago, but better than he was last year, right? Or not as good as he was three years ago, was better than he was two years ago last year. He was a solid option. Hopefully that made sense. They've got some solid role players. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson dominated in that Cleveland series in the playoffs. They just need a legitimate superstar. If they can find a legitimate superstar, then they could be a tough playoff series for the Bucks or the Celtics. Watch the 76ers, the Knicks. We know they've been looking for a dude for a long time. They may have to wait till the offseason to grab Donovan Mitchell, who is not going to stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, speaking of the Cavs, they are the final team in this tier of teams that I think are going to grab somewhere between the three and the six seats, okay? And because the Cavs know that Donovan Mitchell isn't going to re-sign with them at the end of the season, it puts them in this really interesting spot, right, where there's probably this pressure of we need to capitalize this year because we've got a lot of talent and one of our main guys isn't going to be back next year. And of all the teams in this tier... 
I think they have the highest upside. I think of all the teams in this tier, if any one of these four are going to break into that title contending tier, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it all comes back to formal number, former number three overall pick, Evan Mobley. If he can come back as a consistent offensive threat, then the Cavs would not only be the best team in this tier, but they would undoubtedly move up. They already have two elite scorers and offensive players in Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. They have multiple good defenders. And if Mobley comes back a better offensive player, then the Cavs would no longer have to rely on streaky shooter Karis Levert for offense. They'd be able to dump it down or allow Mobley to go one-on-one, whatever they want to do. And we already know how good this team is defensively. This is a really good defensive basketball team you know, between Mobley and Jared Allen. If they think, the Cavaliers, if they think that they have the slightest chance at winning a title, then they should and they will go for it because they know Donovan Mitchell isn't coming back next year. Puts them in a really interesting spot of the four teams in that tier. I, I like Cleveland the most, especially if Mobley comes back a much better offensive player. Moving on to the play-in teams. Here I've got the Pacers, the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Nets. Um, Of these four, I think there's really only one team that could be a top six seed, and that is the Indiana Pacers. Okay, They're a little young, so that's why I was a little hesitant to put them in that three to six seed tier. Um, But look, Tyrese Halliburton made a huge leap last season. Okay, He looks like an emerging star. He was a first-time All-Star. Benedict Matherin, rookie last year, was a first-team All-Rookie selection. You know, average 16 points a game, coming off the bench for most of the season. Like, if he gets better, he provides them another good offensive scoring threat. They added, you know, Bruce Brown. They traded for Obi Toppin. They added some depth to this young, talented roster. Going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with Buddy Heald, who wants a new contract. They might move him. They might keep him. If they keep him, that's a really good shooter who fits in well in this Rick Carlisle offense. Um, At a minimum, this is a must-watch NBA League Pass team, um, but well, look, I expect them to fight to be the sixth seed if if they can stay healthy. When we look at this Pacers team last year, they were going to be a playing team until Tyrese Halliburton got hurt, and then they tanked. And you know, we'll see how it you know how it works out. They bring in Jarris Walker, much needed you know wing you know guy who's going to be a good defender, finish around the rim, all those types of things. We'll see if they can stretch his game and develop a shooting where he can be a threat from the outside as well. Every other team feels like they're going to be, at least every other team in this tier, feels like they're going to be similar to last year. Okay, The Hawks, they're set up to be the same type of team that they've been since 2018 when they drafted Trey Young. They're going to be good on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to be bad on defense. Young's going to continue to bounce the ball the entire game while everyone else works off of him. He's going to rack up a lot of assists. He's going to miss a lot of 30-foot three-point shots. He's going to finish the year as a below-average three-point shooter by shooting around 33% from three. The Hawks, not hard to figure out. The Bulls, going to be similar. A lot of offense with a little bit of defense. By game 30, we're going to see Zach Levine standing in the corner, upset that DeMar DeRozan has the basketball and he doesn't in the fourth quarter of a close game. By the trade deadline, I think the Bulls will finally wake up and they'll admit that they aren't good enough to make it to the second round of the playoffs and they'll start to move their pieces. They'll trade Caruso. They'll trade Zach Levine. At least that's what should happen. We'll see if they do it. Probably should have happened in the offseason, but it didn't. Maybe they'll finally wake up. Moving on to the Nets. When it comes to the Nets, I'll be honest, don't really know what to think. 
Don't really know what to think. They got a lot of wings. They've got some talent. Macau Bridges, Cam Johnson. Here's the kicker, though. If Ben Simmons is actually back, if he's actually going to play and actually be impactful, then this could be a good basketball team. Okay, they add an elite defender who can rebound uh, and playmake on the offensive end. As I said, Bridges, he's shown us some of his offensive game. He's a good offensive basketball player. They've got multiple wings that can defend. They've got some depth. The key here is Simmons. Like, what's he going to look like, and is he actually going to play and be impactful? Which, let's be honest, it's not very likely. But I wanted to put one more team in that playing tier. Moving on. Fun league pass teams. These are young teams with a lot of talent. Um, Yeah, simple as that. Teams that aren't going to be on national TV. So watch them on League Pass and just have a good time doing it. That's what these teams are. That's the Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, and the Charlotte Hornets, okay? The only team in this tier that I think could be a playing team is the Orlando Magic. They're young. Paolo Bancaro's only going to be in year two. Franz Wagner's only going to be in year three. They're just a young team from top to bottom. They're also extremely tall and extremely long. If rookie Anthony Black is the starting point guard, then the Magic could run out a lineup with four players standing at 6'7 or taller, with Gary Harris being the shortest player on the floor, standing at 6'4". They are tall, they're long, which means you know that should help them defensively, even though, as we know, young teams don't usually don't defend very well. Either way, they should be able to score the basketball. You've got reigning rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro, and Franz Wagner. Those are two really good players who project to be really good offensively at some point. This team is really talented. I'm so excited to watch them play. As I said, wouldn't be surprised if they snuck into the playing game this year. The Detroit Pistons, really similar, right? The question is, can Cade Cunningham stay healthy? He only played 12 games last year. If he can stay on the floor, then this Pistons team is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch in the league. Very similar to the Magic, like I said. The Pistons have multiple young, talented basketball players. You got Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, both second-team all-rookie selections last year. If they come back better, then this Pistons team could be pretty good. They also drafted uh, Asar Thompson, one of the best athletes we've seen enter the NBA. James Wiseman's on the roster as well. Marvin Bagley's on the roster. Those are two talented big men. Like I said, a lot of talent on this team. If they can put it together, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Moving on to the Hornets. For the first time in my life, 23 years on this earth, I am excited to watch the Charlotte Hornets play basketball. You got LaMelo Ball, a guy who wants to facilitate. He's finally got some talented scorers around him. Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick in the draft. He brings length, shooting, and scoring to the floor. The Hornets also draft Nick Smith Jr., the number one overall high school prospect, heading into college last year. He had a knee injury, didn't allow him to perform to the best of his abilities at Arkansas. If he ends up being a stud then the Hornets could turn things around really quickly under this new ownership group. Moving on to the bad teams. I've only got two here. That's the Washington Wizards and the Toronto Raptors. They're the bad teams in the Eastern Conference. Everyone expects the Wizards to be bad, and I think that the Raptors' stubbornness is going to lead them to being bad. Any team that's led by Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole is doomed to take a lot of bad shots and lose a lot of basketball games, okay? Now that you've heard me say that statement, let me follow it up with, I'm not ignorant to the fact that Kuzma has developed since he got to Washington. 
But if he's your first or second option on offense, which he will be, then you won't be good. Same thing goes for Jordan Poole. He's a talented player. I think he's going to be better in Washington because he's going to have some freedom. But there's a reason that the Warriors didn't give him freedom in Golden State. He's a streaky shooter. He's going to pop up on your Twitter feed a lot this year with some crazy moves and some good finishes, and he'll get hot, and everyone's going to be like, oh, the Warriors shouldn't have gotten rid of Jordan Poole. Look at what he's doing. He's got 50, whatever. Yes, they should have. He's a streaky shooter. He's not reliable. If he's your first or second option on offense, you are not going to be a good basketball team, and we're going to see that with the Washington Wizards this year. When it comes to the Raptors, Pascal Siakam's in the final year of his contract. OG Ananobi has been looking to leave. He's in the you know final year of his contract. He does have a player option next year that he's not going to take. If you're the Raptors, you should trade both of them right now. Let's be honest. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes, and Dennis Schroeder, and Jacob Podol, like, like that's cool. Like That's a good roster, but let's be honest. You're not a second-round team. You're not with that with that starting lineup. You're not. Okay, their whole entire goal was to acquire assets and then trade for Damian Lillard. And if they had done that, then this team would have been really, really good. But you didn't get Damian Lillard. Let's move on. Let's start the rebuild. Let's see what Scotty Barnes can do as the number one option. Okay? Like, let's see what he can do. He won Rookie of the Year. He wasn't as good last year. Let's put the basketball in his hands a little bit more, and let's see what he's got. If you're Masai Ujiri, trade everybody. People like Jacob Poltzel. People like Dennis Schroeder. Okay, they're hoping to add Lillard to the roster, which would have given them some title hopes, but they didn't. He's in Milwaukee. Move on. Let's start the rebuild, please. Moving on to the Western Conference. No breaks here. We're going straight through. The train's rolling. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I ain't, I ain't even going to lie to you. Feeling pretty, pretty good as of right now. Um, oh, well, we are going to have a break. Uh, we just we just had a big trade, so we're actually going to have to, after I'm done with the basketball stuff, we got a little bit of, a little bit of NFL stuff to cover. Um, moving on to the Western Conference. Finals contenders. Before I give you this tier... There are so many good teams in the Western Conference. It's insane, okay? But I do think that the top teams are clear in terms of finals contenders in the Western Conference. You've got the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Before you turn off the podcast, let me explain to you why. First of all, yes, Golden State and the Lakers, they're in a tier below these three teams. We will get to them in a minute. The Denver Nuggets, they are the defending NBA champions. Did we forget about that? This is a really good basketball. Mm-hmm. This is a really good basketball team, okay. And I know that they lost some role players, but as long as Nikola Jokic, the best basketball player on the planet, is putting that Nuggets jersey on, and Jamal Murray is suiting up beside him, they will be fine. Okay, the Phoenix Suns, the roster it speaks for themselves, or it speaks for itself. Excuse me. They added some depth by sending eight into the Trailblazers. Their season's ultimately going to come down, though, to Kevin Durant's health, who, since coming off the Achilles injury, hasn't played more than 55 games in a season. Okay, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, they should be available. They're going to be just fine with those two in the game during the regular season, but if they want to win the title, Durant has to be healthy. He is what puts them over the top as a title contender. Moving on to the Pelicans, and I know I said the Pelicans, and you were like, what in the world? Why am I even listening to you right now? But let's be honest about the Pelicans team. They were the number one seed in the Western Conference 
for most of the way through until Zion Williamson got hurt. This is a deep roster. They have a lot of talent. C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. Tough to get much better than that in terms of a big three. The thing is, can Zion stay healthy? Okay, He hasn't stayed healthy since he entered the NBA. So if you want to write the Pelicans off because of that, by all means, that is totally fair. But when he's healthy, you cannot deny how good of a basketball team this Pelicans team is, though. They're complete. They can play small. They can play big. They've got multiple guys who can defend on the perimeter. Jonas Valanciunas has been really good in his time in New Orleans. That's a really good basketball team who just has to stay healthy. Moving on to the next tier. Teams that I think can grab the three seed through the six seed. And I'll be honest, almost every other Western Conference team falls into this tier. I have seven teams in this tier. And I'll be honest, I don't want to break down every single one because they all feel really similar. The seven are the Mavericks, Grizzlies, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Thunder, and the Kings. Okay, let's start with the Mavericks, who have the best offensive backcourt in the league, and they added defensive pieces in Grant Williams. If Luka and Kyrie can figure out how to play together and the other guys can just play a little bit of defense, this Mavericks team is going to be really good. The Grizzlies, they add Marcus Smart, who should provide much-needed leadership and a solid point guard presence during the absence of John Morant. They bring in Derrick Rose as well, another really good veteran voice. The Grizzlies, they're going to be good. They are. They got two defensive players of the year on their roster in Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart. Moving on to the Lakers, who also have a good roster. But let's be really honest here. Anthony Davis, he looks either disinterested or he's hurt. And LeBron James is going into year 21. And I know, don't write off the king, all that kind of stuff. But he's bound to slow down at some point. And I'll be honest, I think LeBron James is going to be the best player on this team. And if he is, then they aren't winning the title. Anthony Davis has to emerge as the best player on this team. And I don't know if he's going to do that. Moving on across the street to the other team in L.A., the Clippers. They're good. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, that's a great duo. Russell Westbrook, I think, fits really well. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they don't play in a ton of games. And this conference is loaded. If they aren't playing, then they may not even make the playoffs. Seriously. And then we look at the Warriors. They're running it back with the big three, but they have a major lack of size. And that's an issue if you have to play the Nuggets or the Pelicans or the Lakers, who are all much bigger and just as athletic. Okay, the Thunder, they're a young emerging team. Uh, SGA is one of the best players in the NBA. I wanted to put them in the fun league pass team tier, but they aren't that. This is a playing team at a minimum. The Thunder are really good, and they're coming on fast. And then we got the Kings, who were the three seed last year. This is another really good basketball team. Keegan Murray, he's got a year under his belt. He's only going to add to the offensive firepower that these Kings have. This is a really good basketball team. So many good basketball teams in the Western Conference. It's loaded. The way that it shakes out is going to be directly dependent on health and whose stars actually play. I've already listed 10 teams that are really good, and I haven't gotten to the teams that I think are good enough to be playing teams yet. It's truly going to be a wild, wild West this season in the Western Conference. There are so many good basketball teams I cannot wait to watch the season unfold. Playing teams. In a normal season, normal season, this isn't a normal season because there's so many freaking good teams out west. 
the Minnesota Timberwolves, San Antonio Spurs, and Utah Jazz, I think would all be considered teams good enough to make the play-in. As established, the Western Conference is loaded, so they may all miss the playoffs this year. I don't think it should take away from how good all of these teams are. The Timberwolves have multiple scoring options. they got Anthony Edwards, one of the best young players in the league, and Carl Anthony Towns, who they could potentially trade at some point. Rudy Gobert, great regular season defender. They've got solid role players, Mike Conley, Nas Reed. This is a good team who cross who you can't like be like, oh, Timberwolves, that's an easy W. No, like that's a good basketball team. Then we move on to the Spurs. They have the most anticipated prospect we've seen since LeBron James. If Victor Wimbanyama is as good as advertised, then the Spurs could make a run at the play-in. His defensive presence should be felt immediately. Great shot blocker. Obviously, the size and everything speaks for itself. They've got some solid young, you know, they've got some solid players around him as well. You know, Jeremy uh, Sokan, Keldon Johnson, and so forth. They also have one of the best coaches in the history of the NBA leading the way. The Spurs are going to be good this year. Um, finally, the Utah Jazz. Excuse me. They're you know this is one of the best teams. Excuse me. They were a pleasant surprise last year. Not one of the best teams in the NBA. They were a pleasant surprise. Lori Markkinen emerges, you know, makes an all-star team. That was really big for fast-tracking the rebuild of this team. They were almost a play-in team last year. They add John Collins. They add two lottery picks. Taylor Hendricks, who I think is going to be really good. Keontae George, a guy who had a great summer league. If they both of those guys can contribute this year, then they could sneak into the play-in. Moving on, fun league pass teams. The Houston Rockets and Portland Trailblazers. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to lose a lot of games, but these teams are not bad. Okay, they're just young. Two of the youngest teams in the NBA. A lot of potential on both rosters. Obviously, the Rockets hire Ime Udoka, which I think is going to be huge for the development of these young players. They're actually going to have to play defense. And Adoka is going to lay out a clear plan of who can have the ball on offense and what he wants them to do. They bring in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks as well, bringing in some veteran presence and some competitive competitiveness to the Rockers to the Rockets locker room, which they desperately need. They should be a lot of fun to watch this year. And then the Portland Trailblazers, they went from a mess that couldn't surround Damian Lillard with the pieces needed to compete for a title to one of the most exciting young teams in the league. They bring in Scoot Henderson with a number 3 overall pick. He could be one of the best players in this draft. They bring you know, Shaden Sharp showed some flashes at the end of last year. They added two different but talented 25-year-old big men and Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton. They should be a lot of fun to watch. Chauncey Billups finally has some toys to play with as the head coach of the Trailblazers for the first time. Um, bad teams. I don't think there are any bad teams in the Western Conference. Okay, this league is as deep as it's ever been. Every team has multiple players who can score. Um, I th- truly think that the teams that make the play-in and the teams that make the playoffs, it's truly going to come down to who can stay healthy over the course of this 82-game marathon. Preseason has already started. The regular season, only a couple weeks away. Uh, I'm, I don't know the date that you guys will be listening to this. I think it'll be like a week and a half away, the, the start of the season. When y'all hear this, I know I said earlier in the pod that there's breaking news. I forgot that I'm not releasing this today. I'm releasing this in like a week and a half, so you'll have already heard about the Chase Claypool trade to the Miami Dolphins. That's an interesting fit. We'll see how it goes. Yet another weapon for Tua and Mike McDaniel to play with. I mean, you know, fins up, baby. Let's go. 
I hope you're having a great week when you hear this. Thank you for listening uh, and sticking with me, even though I'm not doing a whole bunch of current stuff. I'm excited to come back and break down everything that I missed. Maybe not everything that I missed. All the big stuff that I missed. How about that? Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it. I will talk to you all again on Tuesday.